This is the 10,000 Depositions Later podcast, episode 122. I'm Jim Garrity. Today's topic, lessons from the front lines, the overuse of an underused 30B6 technique leads to severe sanctions. Hey everybody, today we're looking at a brand new federal appellate decision upholding some rather severe sanctions against a plaintiff that relied too heavily on an otherwise perfectly valid technique for preparing and presenting 30B6 designees for deposition testimony. The technique is the use of memory aids, whether pre-existing documents or memos or talking points to be used by the 30B6 witness when testifying. It's perfectly proper and an excellent tool for ensuring that your 30B6 reps fulfill your client's obligation to present someone who can testify with reasonable specificity about the topics. In my view, in fact, this is a mostly underutilized tool. I think some lawyers either think it's just improper to send a 30B6 rep into a deposition with material to work from and reference while testifying, or perhaps just haven't actually given it thought. And undoubtedly, there have also been occasions where an examining lawyer also mistakenly made an issue out of a 30B6 representative coming in with papers, perhaps demanding that they put them away or that they would call the judge and demand for sanctions. No real basis for that. But there's nothing wrong with the reasonable use of a memory aid for a corporate representative depot. We've got some cases in the show notes that say exactly that, as well as some that uh, I cited in the fourth edition of the book, 10,000 Depositions Later. On pages 493 and 494 of the new fourth edition, I cited cases where one court said reliance on an outline is appropriate, and another where a court criticized the 30B6 rep for not bringing pertinent notes or documents for use as memory aids, because the court evidently felt like the 30B6 rep was not prepared to testify from memory alone about the topics and had done poorly. So memory aids, if that's what you want to call them, are a valuable tool and something to consider each time you are charged with the obligation to prepare and present 30B6 testimony. They help solve the number one problem raised in the overwhelming majority of sanctions cases relating to 30B6 depositions, which is that a deponent was underprepared and could not testify with reasonable specificity about the topics. So a 30B6 rep armed with appropriate memory aids or documents from which they can refer can avoid that problem. Now, as you know, our Lessons from the Front Lines episodes are always based on brand new court rulings from around the country that involve a deposition-specific topic. As always, keep in mind that because the rulings are brand new, they are subject to modification, withdrawal, appeal, or other change in circumstances. Now, in the case in the spotlight today, issued just 10 days ago, the conduct that the trial judge found sanctionable was the plaintiff's over-reliance, some might say extreme reliance, on memory aids. And in what way? Well, the plaintiff organization produced one of its supervisors as the designee for three separate 30B6 depositions. And to prepare that one designee, 
according to the filings. Its lawyers spent more than 1,000 hours gathering information for the designee before the first deposition. For one of the three 30B6 depositions, the designee was given a 205-page memory aid. For the second 30B6 deposition, the designee was given a 207-page memory aid. And for the third, a 206-page memory aid. In all, 618 pages of memory aids from which this lone designee was to work. But as they say in the late night TV commercials hawking various tchotchkes, that's not all. Because in addition to the more than 600 pages of memory aids, the organization, the plaintiff organization, gave the single designee summaries of factual matters that ran an additional dozens of pages and annotated versions and chronologies that also ran dozens and dozens of pages and more than a dozen binders. One of the documents given to the solo designee had 1,549 endnotes. Now, if you haven't yet picked up on what I think seemed to be the fundamental problem with the way that the plaintiff organization prepared for these 30B6 depositions, the three of them, I'll tell you in just a moment. Anyway, the decision is Consumer Financial Protection Bureau versus Brown et al., released by the U.S. 11th Circuit Court of Appeals on June 12, 2023. And if you don't know, the uh, appeals court, the 11th Circuit, has jurisdiction over federal appeals in three states, Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. Full citation uh, for that case is in the show notes. So this appeal uh, stemmed from a lawsuit filed by the Bureau, a federal agency, against 18 defendants, 13 individuals, and five companies for allegedly engaging in what the Bureau claimed was a fraudulent debt collection scheme. The individual defendants, the 13 individuals the Bureau contended, created LLCs to operate a collection scam. The five corporate defendants were sued by the Bureau for allegedly providing financial and other services that enabled the 13 individual defendants. So these three 30B6 depositions of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau were noticed by the corporate defendants for the purpose of learning the factual support for the Bureau's claims against them. So against that backdrop, the 11th Circuit opinion gives us a taste of these 30B6 depositions in light of the designee's appearance at the deposition with a stack of paper that would have made Michael Scott proud. And here's what the court said. The plaintiff equipped its witness with so-called memory aids from which the witness read verbatim for extended periods of time. In response to one question, for example, the witness read from his memory aid for more than 40 minutes and then, after a break, continued reading for 18 more minutes before the parties stipulated that the designee would have read another 93 pages into the record. The court said this filibuster-style reading occurred repeatedly, and when one of the defense attorneys objected, the Bureau's counsel insisted that the witness needed to finish his answer, saying, quote, let him finish the answer, maybe it will be responsive, close quote. On another occasion, according to the filings, the witness responded to a different question 
by reading practically uninterrupted for an additional 45 minutes. So the trial judge, in ruling on the corporate defendant's motion for sanctions, described the papers prepared for the designee not so much as memory aids, but scripts, and which the appeals court, the 11th Circuit, described as lawyer-prepared scripts that ran hundreds of pages. And the court said that while these are the most egregious examples, similar ones abound throughout the transcripts, and that the single witness designated for all three 30B6 depots was hardly able to offer any testimony at all beyond what he read off the memory aids. And as the defendants frequently pointed out in their filings, the readings were often unrelated to the question being asked. So the court said it was clear that the designee was not prepared to answer follow-up questions or to stray from the memory aids in any way. And that what the plaintiff's designee really did was give rote answers similar to what had already been provided in interrogatory answers. So what happens, the end result, the trial judge granted the corporate defendant's motions for Rule 37 sanctions and struck all the claims that the plaintiff had filed against the corporate entities who sought the sanctions. On June 12, the 11th Circuit affirmed that ruling, the dismissal of the corporate defendants from the case entirely, in all respects, saying that it appeared the Bureau was determined to simply avoid 30B6 depositions and that to realize its goal, it employed tactics that the district court had repeatedly forbidden. In fact, the appellate panel described these memory aids as a strategy to bury the corporate defendants in so much information that they simply couldn't identify with any reasonable particularity what information the plaintiff had to support its claims. The appeals court says that the failure to prepare this designee properly was tantamount to a failure of the designee to appear for the deposition because even though he showed up, he was effectively unavailable due to his inability to answer questions without the memory aids. And that's consistent with a large body of law, right? Dealing with the failure to properly prepare a designated representative. Many courts have said that the failure to properly prepare is the equivalent of the failure to present a witness at all. Here, the testimonial aids, at least to the trial judge and the appellate court, clearly appeared to almost entirely, if not entirely, replace the witness as the source of information. So the live examination really served no purpose. All right, so how could this problem have been avoided? Well, let me say that litigation is, of course, a difficult, high-stakes business with lots of pressure on all of us as trial lawyers coming from every direction. And so here we do try to be respectful of everyone involved in the cases we discuss. Now, with that said, the core solution here and in most cases involving complex 30B6 depositions and topic lists is multiple designees. The rule expressly allows it. And here's the language direct from Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 30B6. This is an excerpt of one of the phrases. The named organization must designate one or more officers, directors, or managing agents, or designate other persons who consent to testify on its behalf. And it, meaning the organization, 
may set out the matters on which each person designated will testify, meaning that it's the receiving organization of the 30B6 notice that gets to determine how many witnesses and what each designee will testify about, which topic. So the rule authorizes it and imposes no cap on the number of designees you choose. So multiple designees are your primary tool for working with topic lists that are extraordinarily long, extraordinarily complex, or that require specialized knowledge. And remember from podcast episode 47, we talked about a case where the organization designated 29 separate witnesses to serve as designees for the topic list because those lawyers, in their judgment, right or wrong, determined that multiple designees would be necessary to adequately address the topics. So if you receive a lengthy topic list, a topic list with very complex topics, or if you're in a case with multiple plaintiffs and defendants, it's time to think about having more than one designee. The alternative, which may prove quite unsatisfactory and ultimately prove to be very costly, may be to bury a single designee to the point where they have no choice but to read from scripts. If your memory aids run upwards of a thousand pages and require lawyers to spend more than a thousand hours to get the designee ready, you probably need quite a number of designees. Cut the topic list into bite-sized pieces before you ask your designees to feast on them. It may simply be impossible under the very best of circumstances to lay that kind of responsibility on a single designee in any case. And the end result is often going to be a deficient performance and a motion for sanctions. Now I say multiple designees are your primary tool for these kinds of situations, but not the only one. You can work with the noticing lawyers to trim or narrow the topic list. You can seek a protective order asking the court to trim or narrow the topic list. You can seek a protective order asking the court under your state or federal general discovery rule, and in federal court it's rule 26, to quote, prescribe a discovery method other than the one selected by the party seeking discovery, uh, end quote. So for example, you could ask the court under your general discovery rule or under rule 26 to allow you to address the topics in the 30B6 notice through interrogatories, or at least some of them. So you have lots of options. And the use of multiple designees is something to consider in virtually every 30B6 deposition where the topics are of any complexity or numerosity. So the takeaway here isn't that memory aids, if you want to call them that, are bad. Memory aids such as notes, bullet points, documents, and so on are perfectly fine for 30B6 designees to use, obviously, in moderation for both preparation and testimony. And as I said at the outset, I frankly think that testimonial aids like this in 30B6 depositions are not only useful, but widely underutilized. I frequently see 30B6 designees showing up with nothing at all, and I'm not really sure why, although I suspect that we've all sort of had it drilled into us that when a witness gets on the stand, they don't bring anything with them, and they only see or refer to documents being shown by the examining lawyer. But the courts make clear that 30B6 depositions are not memory contests. So if you're a litigator 
who regularly prepares 30B6 witnesses, you should not be shy about having and using memory aids within reason. And in the appellate opinion, the 11th Circuit took pains to note that the trial judge had indicated that memory aids were acceptable due to the voluminous record, but not for use as a script by the designee for simply regurgitating pre-written information. All right, that's it for today. As always, a super interesting topic. In a situation like this, I think the problem could have been avoided or at least mitigated in a real significant way through a multi-layered approach, but in particular, by really offering up well in excess of a single designee. You know, there are lots of very harsh decisions relating to the failure of an organization to properly prepare its designees. And the sanctions are almost always severe, including the redeposition of the designee at the organization's expense, orders barring organizations from later offering testimony on points that the 30B6 designee failed to address, and terminating sanctions as to claims, defenses, or parties. All right, that's it for today. As always, thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you again next time. We've got some fantastic topics coming up.